Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais with another episode of The Yakking Show, The Harmony Channel. This is your path to wholeness. But first, let's introduce co-host Kathleen. Hi, Kathleen. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Peter. Thank you so much for that. And we thank you so much for tuning in to our show. We so appreciate having you. And as Peter mentioned, we do have another special guest with us today. We are very privileged to welcome uh, Richard Strather, Strather to our show today. Welcome, Richard. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Kathleen. Now, Richard, he refers to himself as the widower's wingman. So he helps widowers rebuild relationships following the death of a spouse. So let's jump right in, Richard. Tell us a bit about your personal story and why you decided to make this your career. So uh, I started out, um, I started out my career in graphics and um, I quickly got bored with the idea that because the technology always follows the same rules. So I got into the psychology of how people get motivated, how people learn, how people, you know, how graphics can be more, uh, can be more effective, more influential, more, you know, and um, I really started getting more and more into relationship and relationship with information, relationship with technology. And um, that led me to become a trainer at Apple for over eight years. And, you know, and, and, and so, uh, um, and for, for a couple of years after that, I, uh, I, I, I coached people on um, healthy and effective use of technology. So really making your technology work for you instead of, you know, you working for your technology. And um, in 2018, I lost my wife, Samantha. And we've been together 20 years. Oh. Now, it was not an unexpected thing. It was something that we we kind of knew was coming. It was a matter of, um, it was a long stand. She had a rare form of cancer and she was under treatment for that for nine years. Oh. Um, but you could see where where it was going and whatnot. So it was not kind of, a, it, did, it was not a shock. It was not a surprise, but it's still a blow. And um, because I'd been through that, I was talking with a friend and I was like, you know, the the, the technology thing is great, but I think I could be, you know, more helpful. Um, and we, we kind of had this great conversation, which led to an, epith- uh, to an epiphany. And there was wingman. And I've been, you know, understand kind of where, where the mindset needs to be and kind of how to get there and the technology and psychology behind um, the site, getting that closure that you need to be able to do it well. So that became the widower's wingman. Oh, mm-hmm. that's it. That is interesting. Yeah. Well, condolences certainly on, on losing your wife. And, and mm-hmm. I, I guess even though you said it's not a shock it, when it happens, I think it is still a shock, surely. Um, even if you're expecting it is, it must be, you, you use the term blow. I can imagine it's, it's, uh, Always. it's a hard one. Yeah. Must be, must be. So, my my question for you, and I, and this is partly from personal observation, but I want your opinion. Do you think widows are more reluctant than widows to get back into engaging socially and starting to look for a new relationship? And that is such a great question because there are two, there's, widows tend to become more social and tend to look for support among friends, among family, um, mm-hmm. among, you know, and they will look for support groups and whatnot. Men kind of take the opposite approach. Um, I, I find that there's there's not a lot of resources out there for men. There are more than there were, but there's not quite as many. Um, but you know, and I, I do have to give I do have to give a shout out to Fred Colby and Herb Knoll for their excellent books, Widower to Widower and The Widower's Journey, because they are wonderful, wonderful guides to kind of you know the the process after. And I, I highly recommend those. Um, but 
what men tend to do, men tend to be more kind of objective based. So they're like, oh, my life is wrong. Got to fix it. Right. And this is not something where you haul out the duct tape and, you know, OK, we're going to patch that up. So men don't tend to get as social as much as they try to find or to fill, to fill that void. A lot of men jump out and try and, you know, find a relationship to fill that void. And that never, mm -hmm. that never works out well. So it's a very interesting prospect. And that's we can talk a little more about kind of socializing and identity and all of that, because that is the biggest key to, you know, getting back out there properly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, so can you explain to us, Richard, exactly how you go about helping people? So um, the biggest thing about um, look, dating went all completely online, even before pandemic. Right. It was. Mm -hmm. and, and it's funny because there's so much stigma around the dating sites. It's like, wait, you're on a dating site. Yeah, there's a there's a crazy amount of stigma around it. But let's be honest, when we want a plumber or an electrician, we go to the yellow pages. There's no stigma there. You go on Google, you find somebody. There's no stigma. But we we still have this kind of, you know, well, if you want single people, go where the single people are. And that's where the single people are. It's the ultimate directory. But just like those books, they're not going to tell you what you need. And that's the catch. It's most people couldn't tell you what a good relationship looks like. Mm -hmm. Let alone kind of like they can tell you what, what they don't want. They'll give you the long list, the laundry list of things they don't want, but they can't tell you what they do want. So that's part of helping out. It's making sure that people are no what they've got integrate their past like that chapter of your life informs who you've become now so we have to integrate that we have to take that and you know you have to acknowledge who you are find your identity find your place now and start looking from a place of i know where i'm at i know what i have to offer and i want to share my life with somebody so let's let's get out there and let's make you it's kind of a marketing thing, to be honest. It's very much like business. It's a marketing thing. You have to you have to get out there and you have to say, here I am. And this is, you know, your brand is why people would want to go out with you. Mar you know, advertising is how you ask for the date. Marketing is why they'd want to go out with you kind of thing. It's it's a matter of you have to kind of know where you're at, be comfortable in yourself, and then get out there and know what you're looking for and then make yourself appealing. Be the beacon for those people who would meet with you. Mm. Mm, okay so you you mentioned that many many men to sort of dive straight in and <clears throat> go about it the wrong way and women tend to be more social but i think for both men and women there's still quite a lot of uh trepidation about getting back into looking for or trying to establish a new relationship so what what's the biggest single problem is it, is it a fear problem or is it a confidence problem um, confidence is definitely a huge part of it. I think the biggest challenge is um, women don't identify singularly, right? Uh, most women are not just a mom or just their job or just their, we don't use the word just. Women have a lot of kind of pillars of identity. But men, mm -hmm. let's be honest, men tend to, I am my children's father i am my wife's husband and i am and I, and what what i do for my what i do for a living losing yep. a job can be a major life crisis for a man I'm sure because we have so fewer pillars of identity holding us up so once you lose your spouse you lose half your identity and mm -hmm. you not only have to mourn the person who lost you have to you have to mourn and and come to terms with the life unlived the expectations mm -hmm. that cannot be 
because of that. And then it's a matter of, okay, so who, what is your identity? What is your purpose? Who are you and what are you bringing? And that's where all of this kind of comes together. It's really kind of getting back to who you are, what roles you're playing and what roles you're choosing to play. Because this is about intentionality, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? You're not getting out there because you want to fill something, you know, you, to fill a hole. You're trying to get out there because now I know I'm worth being, you know, like that's where the confidence comes in. I am good. I am worth being with. And I need a partner who, you know, who will love me as I, as I am. And that authenticity is something I'm very much about. Sure. I, I, I know exactly. Well, I have a really good idea of what you're talking about, the difference between men and women. I give you for four months and and my dad, his whole life was shattered. Okay. He was worried about her and then he was killed. And yet, my mother got over that much better than I expected her to. And I thought afterwards, if the situation had been reversed, if she'd been killed and he'd survived, he would have had a far more difficult time getting on with his life than she did. She went on to live another 30, over 30 years on her own. Um, so that to me was a glaring example of how women seem to cope with these tragedies much better in many ways than men do. I, I find that um, women uh, women tend to be more experiential. They don't tend to look at the object or the objective as much as they look at that within the within the scenario right and, and right. Um, the great example i can give is um a water bottle you put a water bottle in the middle of the kitchen counter you ask a man what do you what do you see i see a water bottle the woman's looking at the kitchen over the course of the day the you know the next day the the, the next few days how the kitchen is used and you know why is that there right. there's nothing wrong with it why is it there and so it's it's a difference of perspective in that way sure sure and, and i think that women seek their tribe too they'll they'll go okay this is i'm going to seek support whereas men it's we have been told all our lives you know no no you have to be strong you have to be tough you have to be but that's we're not using the right words we say strong we say don't show uh don't show weakness don't show vulnerability that's not strength and that's the difference and i think that's where redefining masculinity has to come in where we have strength is something in here and you have to be you and be comfortable in your own skin to be able to go out into the world and be confident and say, yes, you know, I'm, this is, this is my life and I'm worth, you know, and this is worth living. And so I, I think that's a big part of it. Sure. Right. No, very good. Yeah, that is good. So once you've managed to help somebody finally get out there and they're dating, how do you advise them um, to avoid comparing a new partner to their deceased spouse how do you do that that's actually part of that's actually before we even touch a dating site um that's kind of the preamble and the thing that i i mentioned to people and i think it's so important is you really have to look at your past and who have you become what has that relationship made you how do you honor the person you were with by embodying the best of them right integrate that that's part of your story and there's no there's no denying it there's no getting around it and it's a matter of you know that once you realize that that's part of you and that no relationship will ever be that relationship mm-hmm. right then you can go out and start looking and you're not looking for them you're looking for what's right for you the you now the the, the you that you've become even through all of this and that's the biggest trick. So there's no comparison at that stage because it's not about comparing. It's about 
I had a life before. This is a new chapter. This is a new, and I acknowledge the life before, but that is that is that is past. I I I am better for it, or I hope you're better for it anyway. <laughs> you know, I am better for it. And now we move forward because what was good mm -hmm. there may not be good now, or what is good now may not have worked then. So it's that's that's really my key to that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And, and you're quite right. I mean, for someone who's been married to one person for 20, 30 years, and that the partner dies, the survivor is a totally different person to that which he, he or she was when they were young and got together, right? Um, mm -hmm. As you say, yeah. whole life's gone by. So everything is different. Yeah. So, so Richard, the, the three common questions that I, I guess most men ask is how long should I, if they lose a, their wife, how long should I wait? And am I ready? And is it too soon? Because society sometimes says it's too soon, right? So how oh, do you advise people to address those questions? There's a, uh, there's a common piece of advice, which is um, after a loss, you should wait a year. Mm -hmm. making any major life changes make only the changes you must um there's a good neuroscience like there's neuroscience behind this uh that says don't make major changes and the reason is is because a lot of people um you're going to have upsets like this is this is a huge upset no matter even if you didn't even if you guys weren't getting along well even if you know if yeah. things were even if things were awful, you still have to redefine yourself almost entirely. There's so much that's up in the air that you need to keep as much stability as you absolutely can. So that's that's one of the biggest things I would say. Um, and the year is just a guide point, but it is a good one. And from neuroscience, we, we know that a year is really good. That's when you kind of start kind of going, OK, OK, I have at least enough of a foundation where I know I'm not. It's not shaky. It's not, I, I know kind of where things are. And some people, it takes longer. Some people could be a little shorter. That's fine. I I fully acknowledge that. But I think the year is a good uh, a good gauge. And I did wait the year before I started dating again. Um, and I see all the things that had to change in my life. So that was, that was big. And I was thankful for that. Um, and then it's a matter of, is it too soon? Um, a planted seed doesn't, an unplanted seed doesn't grow. Um, you have to, but the, the the trick is, is I don't want people just running out and going, yeah, I'm going to join a dating site. They're going to do it all for me. And I'm going to wind up with a great relationship because they're not going to know what a good relationship is for you. The yellow pages doesn't tell you what to look for. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really kind of a, a huge thing of saying, okay, I need to know, you'll know when you're ready by knowing that it's like, I know what I want. And if you're not clear on what you want, well, that's what I help a lot mm -hmm. of people with. And if, if people just want to talk to me, I'm open to that. Like I, I'm not just about, you know, I'm not, I'm not all about the money kind of thing. I'm, I'm, I'm out to help people. And that's, so I, I really do want to see where people are at. And if it's not, if I'm not the right person, I will help them get to the right resources. Mm -hmm. to, to, for more. So when you say don't make major changes, would you advise people not to suddenly sell the house that they shared with their spouse um, go out and buy a red sports car, um, go on a world cruise uh, or move to another city. That, those sort of major changes you're talking about. That don't lend money. Uh, don't start a new business uh, within the first year or make major changes to your business without having somebody you really trust who you know has your best interests at heart or the mm -hmm. business best mm -hmm. interests at heart to make sure that those those decisions are not coming purely from an emotional place or from a place of hurt or 
you know, so yes, it's it's really truly important that you don't, you know, run around, run out and change jobs. You know, it's like, okay, I'm going to change everything and move city because out of the frying pan into the fire. And, you know, by the time you kind of get your bearings, mm-hmm. you realize that you're infinitely worse off or worse, like a lot of, like a lot of men do because men, we need companionship. We crave companionship. Let's be honest. Um, but we, you know, we go out and some men get into a new relationship right away. And all of a sudden they, they're, that person is out to take them for a ride, you know, not sure. explicitly, but you know, um, it happens. Yeah. But I, I w- sorry, Kathleen, I'm going to just ask Richard one more on this one, but the other side of that coin is, is again, not to be too reclusive, right? So sure. You shouldn't jump into the dating game straight away, but you should also not shut yourself away from your normal circle of friends and other social contacts, which some men do, right? They, they go into hibernation to, and, and feel that's a way to cope is just, and that's not healthy either, is it? Thank you, Peter. And you're absolutely right. It is actually probably the worst thing you can possibly do. Um, the one thing I will say for, for your audience, for, for those of you who are listening or watching, who, um, who, who not, even if you haven't lost, if you know somebody who has, because we all know somebody who has, mm-hmm. goodness sakes, go get them, get them out of the house, find something that you can do together, get them out, get like, broaden their world, you know, get them out for supper, make sure that they're not holding up and becoming a hermit because that really is the worst thing that you can yeah. possibly do even for introverts i know they may sure. not want to for as much for as long but getting out is good for intro- introverts too so yeah no good good one so so richard what advice would you have for younger widowers that have children that they need to introduce to a new relationship that, that can be very stressful on on all parties really how do you it absolutely you... can um but think about it the other way too um health conditions uh, uh some kind of um or medical conditions um a, a disability uh children there, there's all kinds of things we're insecure about and the problem with a lot of what our society tells us again that that thing with men don't show weakness or don't show vulnerability we have to get away from that. We we have to kind of start looking and trusting, trusting each other and going, you know what? It's okay if I have children because there are people out there who want to start a family who maybe can't. So there are some men who have children and there are women who want to have children who can't, who that would be very appealing because they, they want that family value that, you know, um, diabetes, for example, is a big one that I've seen quite a bit. And it's, it doesn't have to be kind of, it doesn't have to stop a relationship in its tracks. It just has to be managed or, or, you know, Mm -hmm. considered, but it's not, it's not a a red flag by any far stretch, but if we're open and honest, if we have a strategy to, to say, this is the scenario, this is part of who I am, you know, uh, love me, love my dogs. Right. Well, that's kind of, you know, you see that in dating circles, you know, or love me, love my pets. Well, love me, love my children, love me, love my, you know, love me as I am. So I think it it all kind of comes down to be open, be honest, um, just put it out there. Because if if you're with somebody and you have children and they don't have that, they're not family oriented in their values, mm-hmm. that's not going to work out very well for either of you. So how mm-hmm. do you how do you explain to the children, though, that you're wanting to date? How do you how do you handle that? Um, I think. One of the most important parts of that is to be, again, open and honest. Um, 
The biggest thing with that is, um, and I, I say this a lot, the foundations of any good relationship, heard, respected, and valued. So with children, they need to know that it's not a replacement or competition for them. That if you're searching a relationship, it's because you need another adult around, you need a friend or a companion or somebody with whom you can, you know, you can share life. And it's important for the partner to to say to 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 understand that the children have had a certain relationship and that there cannot be competition there. That mm-hmm. um if, if you're going to have a relationship with the person, you're going to have a relationship with their children. Make it a good one. Mm-hmm. So I, I think mm-hmm. that's kind of the the approach is is really be very honest about you know, uh, daddy is, you know, daddy wants to meet friends, daddy, you know, daddy needs time with adults. And that's not to say I don't want to be with you, especially, you know, make sure that, you know, dad is present for the kids. And that this is in addition to that. It's not that it's sharing a life. Yeah. And and also to reassure the children that the the new stepmother is not in any way replacing their mother or, or better than their mother or more desirable than their mother, because that comes up quite a bit as well, doesn't it? That, uh, <clears throat> yeah. Absolutely. You're absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Quite a, quite a minefield, quite a minefield to, and to walk through. Especially if they then go on to have other children with a new spouse. And I mean, that, that, could build resentment with the current children and from the previous relationship. I, I think that I think that also goes with heard, respected, and valued. If they feel heard and respected and valued, um, then I think that the the discussion needs to be had. It's not that the other children will determine whether you do or do not have children, but that it is not a well. Guess what? Surprise, and you have to deal with it. It's this is something. We're thinking of expanding our family. We want another, you know, we want to have more children together. This would mean more brothers and sisters for you or more brother, sister, whatever it is. You know, this is something we'd like to do and we want your help. We want you to be part of it. And that inclusiveness, I think, would make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. So here's one that that I hadn't thought of before, but just listening to you talk, I would think is quite important. We we've seen how divided society gets over things like COVID, things like vaccinations, things like politics, and it seems to be so much worse in the last few years than it was certainly that I remember growing up. So if you're now looking to start a new relationship, I, I would you advise men to 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 get that out of the way right up front so that it doesn't rear its ugly head later. So, I mean, I'm quite conservative. So if I just know that I could, should I need to, I would not form a good relationship with a very liberal woman, right? I, it's just not going to happen. So um, so what's the point wasting time going down that road? So what's your advice there? Do you need to get those contentious issues dealt with? Some people can handle it. Let's be honest, some can't. But do you need to do that right up front? Um. I would say that part of the kind of preparation process of saying, I am comfortable with who I am, this is who I am, and um, especially having a really well done dating bio that says, this is what I'm looking for, this is who I am, talk to me about, um, is really important in that if this is something that you put forward views that uh, I don't want to find somebody who's going to be antagonistic, I'm open to debate, I love debate. Sure. 
but some people don't, and that's that's fair. But I think the idea of putting yourself out there and attracting the right people, the right people, the right people to you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that makes that makes sense. Yeah, if you, yeah, if you're open about it up front, then you're not going to attract the people that are going to be incompatible anyway. Okay, so so Richard, uh, aversion. We ask all our business guests my burning question. It's it's slightly changed for you. Is there a type of man, we're talking men particularly here, or is there a characteristic or a mindset or a habit that men who do move on and build second successful relationships after the loss of a spouse, is there one of those or is it a lot more complicated than that? It's actually remarkably simple. Um, and I'll, I'll kind of put the question back to you. How many times have you heard what, you know, what, what made you successful at your business? And it's, I had a vision. I had a purpose. Right. I have something towards which I am moving. And I think that's the case here too. It's a matter of um, nobody will lose weight and nobody will lose weight unless they want to. Sure. Unless they understand it, unless they, that, that is something that really moves them. Uh, the same is true with any habit. Same is true with business, uh, business success. Same is true with relationships. Unless you, unless you value that relationship and really want it, and you're willing to move towards it, you're willing to invest time, energy, yes, maybe some money, but more time and energy, you know, and attention, be present. That's, but even before the relationship, it's what is my purpose? Why, what, what wakes, what gets me up in the morning? Mm -hmm. What mm -hmm. am I driving towards? And that alone is the moving forward part. It's, it's enormous because mm. those right. who don't focus, who just kind of live in the past and, you know, it was great. Why can't it be again? You're not moving anywhere. You're not going forward. Right. Right. Mm. Yeah, very true. No, well, good, good answer. Thank you for that. That's great. Uh, thank you for the question. That was a great question. <laughs> so Richard, how do people contact you? Uh, the easiest way to get me is uh, at my website, thewidowerswingman.com. All right. Excellent. And uh, on media, you can find uh, my YouTube channel. You can find everything through the website. You can contact me directly. Uh, free calls, all of that. Okay. So I, I've got to thank you for that. I've got to ask you, when you used the term wingman, were you in the Air Force or a pilot or something? Or I was not. Actually, uh, you know what? Uh, if, if we have a couple of seconds, I'll tell you a funny story about that. Um, I didn't want coach because coach isn't quite correct, right? Wingman right. is more interactive. It's somebody who who's really got your back. Yep. And uh, at one point, my I was talking with my brother, um, and he was like, um, you know, no, you you know, you need something that's less kind of Italian version of consigliere. <laughs> we, were that. we were laughing about that for a week, but honestly, like all the other words just didn't seem to fit. I really, the wingman is because it's, it really is not just about the advice. It's not a consultant. It's not, um, it, it's supported somebody who has your back and has that objective viewpoint. Yeah, I and, think and it's, it's wonderful. No. I, I I think it's really good. I just wondered if it was a, a pilot to force connection that uh, brought that up. No, but thank good good story. Oh, thank you. Well, that's a good top gun. Well, oh, thanks, Richard. There. Back to Kathleen to wind the show up. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, Richard, thank you so much for being with us today. We really enjoyed this conversation, and uh, hopefully, you help a lot of of widowers out there that uh, can use your help and. 
Thank you all so very much for tuning into our show. If anyone is interested in being a guest on our show, please visit us at theyackingshow.com. All you need to do is click on the contacts tab where you will find a short application form and we would love to hear from you. So until next time, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye.